This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> And we are again. Back in the saddle. Aerosmith, good shit right there. Oh, that's some Aerosmith? Yes. I'm back! Back in the saddle again! I know that because so I had a... So is that like an old school Aerosmith? Yeah, Like, wasn't like school. their first album considered, like, good? Yeah, Maybe. I think by the time they released Back in the Saddle, maybe it was starting to go downhill a little bit. Okay. But I know that because my brother, you might know him, his name is David, had a Greatest Hits CD, which I somehow absorbed into my own collection. And I would listen to it for Dream On. Yes. And uh, the other one. Living on the Edge. Dude looks like a lady. Stop it. Stop it. I don't, what's the other one? I don't know. No, the other good one from Earth, like 73, 72, somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't know if I know it. I think, yeah, I think Dream you know. On is the only one I know. No, you know it. You know it. Hang on. It's, uh, shit, I'm looking it up. Damn it. It's, uh, shit. It's not on their first album. Must be on their second album. Maybe. Uh, nope. Not on their second album either. Uh, Toys in the Attic, maybe? Toys in the Attic. Walk this way, I mean. Yes. Sweet emotion, sweet emotion. Sweet emotion. So that was a song. But that song also came out when we were in, like, high school. But was that, like, a re-release, I think, maybe? It, It must have been. It came out in, like, 75 or something. See, I think I kind of was vaguely aware of that. Walk This Way is the one you're thinking of when they teamed up with Run DMC. No, I'm not thinking of that one. No? No. I mean, I know that one. Maybe you're thinking of the Dazed and Confused soundtrack, which I'm sure Sweet Emotion had to be on. Could have been. So, like, I know... So Okay, so Aerosmith, here we go. We want to do this? Let's Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Aerosmith, right? So, here again... There Large good? holes in my classic rock right. knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, okay, so growing up, to me, classic rock, like, what did I know, right? Like, I knew... The Supremes. I knew Led Zeppelin. Right. The Rolling Stones, sort of. The Rolling vaguely Stones. Familiar. You couldn't name a song of theirs, but you had heard of them, probably. I mean, I could probably name some songs of theirs, and I understood they were a classic act. Uh huh. The Beatles. Um, the Beatles, of course. Um, again, a lot of this stuff was Jimi Hendrix. Okay, good job, Brad. I think the issue was That's again. That's a great job. You um, did that. There was like 1960s classic rock. Mm-hmm. And then there was the very early 70s, which I think is like Led Zeppelin gets on the scene then. I could be wrong. Late Correct 60s, wrong. but they, they... Okay, late 60s, even better, right? Right. Th- to me, Led Zeppelin is like a transition. 
mm-hmm. between the the sixties and the seventies. So they bridged the gap between the Beatles gap. and Pink Floyd, basically. Even though Floyd was making music in the sixties, but it wasn't their good shit. It wasn't until yeah. you know seventy three. Yeah, Pink Floyd would be another act that I'm familiar with. But if, I never if, really could get into. Well, I, you know, and I loved classic rock and I didn't, I wasn't really into Pink Floyd either. I remember John yeah. Biesecker had that whole, like their whole collection in like 1991 and the edges, the spines of all the CDs had the, uh, that, um, prism, with the light coming through and coming out the other side as a rainbow. When you put the whole collection together, it had that on there, which I thought was pretty cool, but I didn't really know. Like, if you put a gun on my head and asked me to name a Pink Floyd song, and this is when I'm in the thick of, like, listening to classic rock, I probably wouldn't have been able to name a song. Maybe Money. When was Styx's first album? 1973. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Fits into my pattern. Right. That I'm developing here, which is, again, You're the nothing 70s, if not consistent. <laughs> the 70s was just not, I just was, I didn't really know stuff from the 70s. Hmm. 60s, and then Led Zeppelin, and that was it. Well, all right. Oh, I'm sorry. Sticks 1 was 72, not 73. Okay. But they had two yeah. albums in 73, uh, Sticks 2 and Serpent is Rising. But So I get that. Get a little fuzzy there. A little fuzzy, understandable. But. So, so yeah, so Aerosmith to me was like, yeah, walk this way, dude looks like a lady. Okay, but walk... Like the stuff that was out in the in the 80s and then into the 90s. But walk this way was only out in the 80s because they redid it with Run DMC. That song came out in the 70s, like early, early to mid 70s. Oh, really? Dude looks like a lady came out in the eighties. Like that's full on. I don't know what shit. "Walk This Way." See, I, didn't, I don't know what "Walk This Way" sounds like without Run DMC. <laughs> okay, this is just. This, I guess it's just the same. I don't know. It's pretty. It's you know. There's no rapping in it. If right, just that, that helps. minus the rap part. <laughs> there's no like breakdowns with you know drum machines and <laughs> that kind of shit. All right, it's just see, a I'm learning here. I'm learning rock song because I do remember then "Sweet Emotion" came out as like a song. Like there was a video on MTV. It was it was like it was a new song. Yeah, but that was like seventy three, seventy four, and you were not the, born when that song originally. No, came definitely, out. definitely not. This was like nineteen ninety, maybe. I'm just gonna guess ninety one. <sighs> What could it have 92. been? Like, why would they be replaying? Well, it that? must have just been they decided to re-release it. There was a greatest hits album out, but here, so here's what confused me. So the video was known for being a little racy. Well, that yeah, Aerosmith with uh, what's her name, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, and she was like the Aerosmith girl. The different right. different epoch there, I guess. But yeah, I think this might have been before that. So this was a guy. So the the song, so the video was about like phone sex. Since again, this was '90s. Phone sex was the right. big thing, right? Nine nine nine, whatever. Right. And the video again, there was some guy twelve dollars talking to someone on the phone, getting the tissues out, kind of a thing. 
And I remember it has the line in there like talking about things that nobody wears, <laughs> talking about things nobody cares, something like that, right? Right. right. It was yeah, like the enough. lyrics were yeah. ab- about that practically. Okay. Right? Pulled up in another police car. I mean, I don't know any of the other lyrics, right? Or did they change the Dad lyrics said to I make took it, it about just a little too sex? far? Um. Jesus, I don't know, man. And then re-release it. They're like, this could be really timely if we change the lyrics. To be about phone sex. Now it's, I'm just so confused about the universe. But yes, well, the, lyrical the bottom line interpretation is I'm realizing is now, 70s, 70s classic rock, I knew nothing about it. Many Aerosmith fans believe that Steven Tyler wrote all of the lyrics to the song about the tension and hatred between the band members and Joe Perry's wife. Joe Perry is the guitar player. Don't get him confused with Slash. It's an easy mistake to make. Tyler himself has said that only some of the lyrics were inspired by Perry's wife. It was stated in Aerosmith's tell-all biography, Walk This Way, and in an episode of Behind the Music, that growing feuds between the band members' wives, including an incident involving spilt milk, in dick quotes, may have helped lead to the band's original lineup dissolving in the early 1980s. I wonder if an incident involving dick quote spilt milk and dick quote is a euphemism. Hmm. But I don't see anything about Sweet Emotion being re-released. No, it's right here on Wikipedia. Re-release has a whole section. The original recording was remixed by David Feiner and released as a single in 1991 in coordination with release of the band's box set, Pandora's Box. Although the remixed version was not in the box set. This is not clearing things up. (laughs) (laughs) The differences from the original are the drums are mixed louder with more reverb and that the song itself is over 30 seconds longer. Yeah, the original was pretty short. A new music video was filmed and released in support of the single. Oh, right. And then Armageddon, of course. Yes, that was that was a lot later. Aerosmith was splashed all over that movie. Yes. I mean, literally with one of the actors in it. Liv. See? It's all connected, Brad. It is. So, what are we, ten minutes in and we're just Wikipediaing shit now? Yep, that's it. <laughs> the video for the re-released version is based on a phone sex conversation. The video directed by Marty Colner shows a young man under his covers with a magazine which is advertising a phone sex line. 999-spilt milk. Something like that. 7. The video is also an homage to the 1983 film Risky Business in that the opening scenes of the young man talking to the woman are almost identical to the scenes in the film of Tom Cruise's character talking on the phone to the call girl. Okay, so you're talking about like this gap in your knowledge just musically for the 70s in particular you just you don't know much about it's a combination of i don't know much and also like anything from then in that certain genre i kind of discount which i'll I'll say could be completely wrong of me right well it is wrong it's just like oh you know 1970s Aerosmith, and in my mind, it's just like, did I don't know, it's like Kansas or something in my mind. Yeah, it's it's different than Kansas. Sticks in Kansas, fine. Like I saw Kansas open for. I didn't actually. We got there late. It was at the Jones Beach Amphitheater, 
Joss Whedon and I drove there. It took us like five hours, even though it's only 70 miles away from where we lived. Because it was like rush hour, and we were stupid, because we were like 19. So we missed the entire opening act, which was Kansas. We were like, <laughs> perfect, fuck it. We just wanted to see Sticks anyway. But yeah, so Sticks in Kansas, Kansas opened yes. for Sticks. Huh? Correct. You See, you know Kansas more than Sticks. Like you had heard of them before I got my talons in you. So Kansas is dust in the wind, correct? Right. Wayward right. son. Carry wayward son. Okay. You know it. I know the song. I don't know if I realized that was Kansas that did that. Yeah, that's what they got pretty much. All right, that's what they got. Yeah. Two But to me those are at least two like they're iconic pop culture touchstones that I'm aware of, right? Right. The Where, stick stuff never never managed to like get a footing. It didn't it never touched your personal zeitgeist. No, it didn't. It didn't. Weird, man. Come sail away, Mr. Roboto even? No, Mr. Roboto I knew. Okay. That's the only song I knew. Granted, um I knew you liked Sticks for a long time. It took me a while to realize that was the band that did Mr. Roboto. I'm glad. And then I was like, fuck, this is even more fucked than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Renegade, Blue Collar Man, Lady, none of this. None of it. Yeah. It's crazy, man. There was a Sticks conversation in my uh, son's social studies class the other day, though. Oh, what was, oh boy, what was that about? Just, um, you know, I can't, okay, Jesus, I mentioned it now. I just know that they discussed sticks. They discussed uh, Renegade and and some others. So what grade is this? uh, I converted some of these uh, seventh graders into sticks fans. Was it a sanctioned, like a class-sanctioned conversation? It was more like an off-the-cuff comment. From the instructor. But the instructor was involved. Yeah. That's and then you know awesome. my the, the, the legion of, of children that are um under my purview were like, Oh, sticks. How about rat renegade? Hmm? So Or a little bit of come sail away, maybe. So are these Don't sit down on the plexiglass toilet. Well, obviously. But are these legions of children under your purview? Are they, would you call them fans? Casual fans, perhaps, but fans nonetheless of sticks? Um, I would say they are at the very least casual fans. At the very least casual fans. Yes. All right. <laughs> you know what? My work here is done on there this planet, I think. The next generation. They shall carry it on. So at what grade is My this? My wayward son. This is a uh, seventh grade. See, not bad. Not bad. And it wasn't mocking? Nope. Perfect. See, you just, you want to leave your children better off than you are. And I think you've succeeded at least that much. Because because they know sticks. They I know didn't. sticks. And I they... was deprived. And they didn't have to start out by mocking them, only to discover later that they actually loved them. Yeah. So that's great. Good work, man. But what was it about the um, something about the the sweet emotion video? It's it's about phone sex. 
I had no idea. Yeah. I, I'm looking at it now. I don't think I've ever seen this movie or this did video. You, I mean, did you like have MTV where you were, or was I did. it like I did? Okay, because I didn't know if you could get cable out in your your. It, uh, we, you know what? It took a while. Cow. But by the time this was out, what was it? Ninety one. Yeah, we had it. I think okay. we got cable. Like it was available in like eighty. I don't know, eighty seven or something. Eighty six. Okay. okay. It was a big deal when that shit came around. Oh yeah, I bet. Because I mean, we had the. Um, this is one of our seven stories that we tell, but my grandparents had an antenna on top of their house, and they could get like. 12 channels and they had a little controller down there and it was electronic and it had you know a toggle mm. you go back and forth and you press it down and the antenna would like physically move on top move. of the house and point to in a different in. direction and to you could like it in. yeah tune it in oh, oh too much go back <laughs> that wasn't that long ago <laughs> you know that's pretty crazy <laughs> It's like, all right, I want to watch Game of Thrones tonight. It starts at 9. It's 8.45. We better start moving the antenna. So it's tuned in. <laughs> oh, man. And, I, oh boy, HBO. You know? It, your friends had HBO. They were hot shit. Oh, Home yeah. box office. You can yeah. watch movies in your home and not like, you know, no fucking commercials, Brad. They would just show the movie mm-hmm. with, it, the, with everything. The curse words. Right. All the curse words, all the breasts. It would and, all be in there. And it's like the movies weren't three hours long because there'd be a commercial break every seven minutes. Yeah, we didn't get, we had HBO for a while, as I believe I've alluded to previously on this podcast. But then, do you remember this? So is this a phenomenon from your, from your youth? Fired at me. There would be like free HBO weekends. Yes. They would try to get you to buy HBO. So they would tempt you for Mm -hmm. this weekend. You'll get it for free. And again, they'll show the movies uncut, like, and no, no breaks. But in between the movies, it's, there'd be like a person saying, Hey, come on, subscribe. You could get this all the time. What are you waiting for? Uh, I do remember that. But I just knew it was never going to happen. We were never going to order HBO. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it wasn't going to happen either. But it was like, it was like almost like, Oh my God. It's fucking Christmas. It's Monday. And you realize, oh my God, Friday is a fr- starts a free HBO weekend. Yeah, it was it's like, big... there's no plans. We're going to stay no, home. No, you Go. cancel all the shit. And all it's the like, shit. it's like everything. And like everyone at school is just like free HBO this weekend. Joss Whedon, you are coming happen. over to my house this weekend. We are Doesn't not sleeping. Doesn't matter what's on. We're just going to watch it. It's just going to be movies. We're going to watch Jeremiah Johnson again. <laughs> I don't give a shit. There's well, brief nudity. They're going to show it. And you get... The frickin' uh, VCR fired up. Yes, you record. And you just record the entire week. All of it. Predator is on. I have an eight-pack of VHS tapes. It's going to record everything. <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. And it's going to be record EP, it. It's kind of like the equivalent you know? now of how, oh, BitTorrent. I'm just going to download every single movie that could exist. Because <laughs> I can. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to record everything HBO shows, and then I'll have it. It doesn't matter if I even care what it is. 
And this is not a situation for SP. You are EPing that shit. No, this so is an EP six situation. hours per tape. Yes. I rarely SP'd it, I have to say. I'm no, neither did I. I mean, it's, yeah, it is kind of embarrassing now, but I EP'd the shit out of that. Yeah. You just need the content. You exactly. Know? It's, it's like, already VHS. It's not going to look good. <laughs> just <exactly>. EP it. <laughs> just EP that motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, why is there even a toggle to go to SP? Fuck it. Or Just leave it on EP. And then wasn't there like a like an XP or like, no, like something that gave you even less time. Like you could make it be only an hour. I don't recall that. It's not to say that there wasn't some like VCR or brand of VCR where they tried to like do that as part of the like upsell or whatever. Yes, I think. Super high quality. Come get it. I could be wrong, but DVDs do that. It's like, here, if you want it to look really awesome, you can only get an hour's worth of content onto this DVD. It's a fucking DVD. <laughs> it's MP2. Yeah, but, this is, but, but you could get, you know, you know, this is where you can be like, all right, we're going to upgrade to S-Video. <laughs> now we're talking. It doesn't carry audio. You got to do that separately. That's when you know you're living. Yeah. It's like, okay, that- I'm concerned about my video get that situation taken care of now let's work on the audio right there's no room in this cable to cram video into it it's just every last bit or crammed audio dedicated to dedicated to video crystal clear quality video mm. but yeah that's why i've seen predator and total recall as many times as i have as i want to say it was one of those free hbo weekends and it's like, fire that shit up. And then, you know, there'd be the clunkers, too. I'm trying to remember what some of the shitty ones were, but... I mean, obviously, the classic is Jeremiah Johnson, but... There were others. You know, they would... I guess they had to... Maybe they had agreements in place where they had to play certain movies a certain number of times, so they would just throw on some of the shitty ones. Wish I could remember. The 80s were filled with shitty movies. Oh, Yeah. I think any decade is really filled with shitty movies, right? Like, when you're in it. Like, think about what movies are out right now. Well, And that, like, five years from now, you'll never... You'll be like, I don't even remember that movie ever existed. Speaking of time, and the passage of time... (laughs) So, we like to play the game where it's like... You know, Back to the Future is longer ago than when Back to the Future, when Marty went back to the 50s, whatever, you know, because right. it's that kind of shit. But oh, we've, shit. we've been doing. You're right. It's horrible. We've been doing. You're right about that one. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, but, my God. Uh, that one is really messed up. It's bad news. Reason. It's bad news because going from the 80s back to the 50s was like. You might as well have gone back a thousand years, but uh, we've been doing this podcast so long that I'm starting to play that game with how long we've been doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was like, today I was like, holy shit. My daughter was nine when I started. Before your eyes, 
Before well, our eyes. No, she, she's grown up Before and I've been ears. locked in this office doing this podcast. <laughs> I've missed her youth. Because <sighs> I've been in here not she's talking a, about She's like a basket. teenager now. Yeah. Yeah. In like three months, it'll be official. Who's had a boyfriend for six months now, Brad? It's a long time. <sighs> That's a long time. She was just a, she was like a kid, like a little kid when we started this, like half baby, you know, still more baby than teenager, honestly. And now it's just like, it's all done. It's all gone. Want to play the minute? (laughs) Let's do it. Let's dive into the Lebowski. Okay. I can't drive. Man. I'm not even supposed to pick up the phone unless it's an emergency. This is a fucking emergency. I understand. That's why I picked up the phone. Walter, you fuck. We gotta go to Pasadena, man. Come pick me up or I'm off the fucking bowling team. Relax, man. No physical harm intended. Who the fuck are you? Why are you following me around? Come on, fuckhead. Relax, man. I'm a brother Seamus. Brother Seamus? Ah, yes. My brother Seamus. Brother Seamus. Well, isn't that just after the minute ends? Am I wrong? (laughs) We just listened to it. What do you mean? I thought it it was just after it. Maybe it is. No, it's not. Oh, it's just there at the end. Just there at the end. I'm a brother Seamus. Brother Seamus. Oh, right. An Irish monk. We don't get the Irish we monk. We don't get payoff. the Irish gotcha, monk. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother Seamus. John Polito is this gentleman. Oh, I bet he was in a lot of stuff in the 80s. Oh, my God. He owned the fucking 80s. This guy. Speaking of 80s, Back to the Future. I'm still stewing on this Back to the Future Well, it's stew-worthy. So, but, you know, it kind of makes sense. Because if you think of 1985, like, think of the whole conversation we just had about pre-HBO and EP and, oh, it's exciting. Like, an antenna, you're going to rotate it to get, like, it really was like the fucking 50s back then. Like, compared to now with iPhones and Apple Watches and everything, podcasts, like, Right. It it really is like yeah, it's that big of a if not bigger leap. Well, really. I was about to say like information traveling through the air wirelessly, but wait, that's exactly what that stupid antenna was doing. So, well, so I didn't say it that. was like yeah, but it was a tiny bit of information. It was like four right. channels. Now it's the entire world, anything connected, billions upon billions of computers talking to each other. Pull up any movie. Ever made at any time. Not true, though. As we've discussed, well, not true. Not Try true to watch Tootsie right now. Legally. Yeah. Well, legally, right? That's Then that's the whole other fucking kick of the thing. But yeah, 
straight. So, you know, it really does make a whole lot of sense. Like, what was really the difference? What was Marty McFly's difference? There were some cultural differences. Different. He had extra TVs. He had a camcorder and a Walkman. Well, that was kind of a big deal. Like, he could shoot movies digitally. Yeah. Well, I mean, the difference no. is you could shoot movies on his camcorder. It was like a portable television studio. Right. But now we have a portable television studio and television channel. Like the, right. the the ability to actually broadcast it to the world. We are the the distributor as well as the content creator. That's a yeah. conceptual leap more than even more than the technological leap. I think it's that that conceptual leap. Oh yeah, no, it's a big mind fuck. It really is. <sighs> and that's... we lived through it, and that's why we're in this unique place. I think to kind of appreciate that and understand it. Yeah, because really what happened... Because we You're understand right. both sides of the equation. What happened between the 50s and the 80s? Like, what existed in the 80s that was so mind-boggling to people in the 50s, really? Everything was the same. It was just kind of a little better? Yeah, like you had more TV stations. You didn't have to shoot on 8mm film. You could shoot on your camcorder. But, like... Yeah, more TV stations. <laughs> the cars looked different. Like, what? I mean, there was like personal computers, but again, like a personal computer without the internet is just pretty pointless. Yeah, well, without is. a doubt, like that that little weird period of like, oh, you can buy computers, but yet there was no internet. I it mean, was just kind of like, what's the point? Well, the point for me was I could. It was actually a big deal. Looking back on it. Maybe it shouldn't have been as big a deal as it was, but when I discovered Dr. Genius and I could make credits for my movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was yeah. pretty huge. No, without a doubt, at the time, it was huge. It seemed huge, all this computer. And yes, and there was a lot of things you could think of to do. Like, you could make credits for movies. You could store your recipes. That always seems to be the big use case. Right, right, right. Well, and um, write. You could just play write. video games, do some word processing. Right. Word processing, a little bit of video gamery. And, but in retrospect, uh, it was like pointless. Well, you could make art, though. It was a new tool yeah, for making art. You could make art. But what would you do with the art if there was no internet? <laughs> well, I would shoot it with my camcorder. <laughs> my VHS camcorder that I stole from my grandparents. And then you would take the VHS tape that has your movie that you made using the computer to maybe add some titles or perhaps even edit it? I didn't use the computer to edit it. I used the camcorder and a VCR, so I would lose a generation. And you would just make these, like, credits kind of like... It wasn't like they were superimposed or anything. It was just kind of like... No, I would shoot the the screen. You would shoot the screen as they scrolled up. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I would have to use the mouse and, like, literally scroll it myself. Like, there was no, okay. you know, they wouldn't move on their own or anything. It wasn't right. motion graphics. Dr. Genius, though, Brad. That was Whoa. the name of the... It was, you know was what? Was that a... Was it, Dr. Genius, like, just like a word processor? No, Dr. Genius was a the predecessor to Photoshop, as far as I can tell. Like, thinking back on the tools it had, seems pretty kick-ass for 1993 i mean it was like photoshop 
Okay. Well, I feel like Photoshop came out before 93. Well, prop maybe. Or around then. Maybe. This might have been 92. I'm not sure exactly what right. year it was. 91, even. Dr. Genius refers to geometric exploration and numeric intuitive... That's not it. That is definitely not it. Yeah, Photoshop 1.0 came out in February 1990. Wow. Well, this was definitely after 1990, so... Yeah. Dr. Genius was probably... Again, it was like kind of the free... um, You know, it was like the free... Comes with your computer, but does some of that Photoshop-y type stuff. But, I mean, it was better than Microsoft Paint. Was it Professor Genius? Uh, that was a character in Little Nemo. Little Nemo? Little Nemo. What's Little Nemo? Oh, you're going to oh. get into that, huh? Well, what? I don't know. Am I? What did Little I do? Little Nemo was a fictional character created by American cartoonist Windsor McKay. Nemo was originally the protagonist of the comic strip Little Nemo in Slumberland. The full-page weekly strip depicted Nemo having fantastic dreams that were interrupted by his awakening in the final paddle. The strip is considered McKay's masterpiece for its experiments with the form of the comics page, its use of color, its timing and pacing, the size and shape of its panels, perspective, architectural, and other detail. Little Nemo and Slumberland ran in the New York Herald from October 15, 1905 until July 23, 1911. I'm sorry. It's a I long time listening. ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you say 1911? Yeah. Did they have cartoons in 1911? I guess so. Political cartoons, mostly, I'd imagine. So, how about this? How about it? Well, here's the problem. I've been trying to upload some visual aids here. I got some screen grabs with my phone, but Google Drive is not cooperating with me. Mm, So we're just going to have to old school it here, like the olden days of 2012. You're going to uh, record the screen with your camcorder and then mail me a VHS tape? <laughs> EP only. Oh, I, yeah, EP. Why waste the, why waste the tape, Don't man? waste that tape. I think that you can see... I know you're going to have a lot of problems with this, but I think you can see the wireless microphone underneath the dude's sweatshirt as he's walking to the car. Which I oh, don't, really? I don't know why this would be, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a curiosity, like the, the way the fabric is folded or whatever. Do you think he'd even be using a wireless microphone? Uh, yeah, that, well, and that's the problem. Like, why would you bother with this? He's just kind of walking. Like, there's no need for it. So he doesn't even say anything. Right. Well, he's, I mean, he says he, stuff once he, he confronts what's-his-name. But Is it you, all the same shot? Um, is it all the same shot? No, no, no. So it's at 93, where are we? No, sorry, 9227. He turns to Mm -hmm. his left and starts walking towards the car. And above his heart, basically, there is a curious shape that looks suspiciously like um, a wireless lav would look. But there is the, you know, the hood of his sweatshirt goes down in there, so I'm thinking less and less that it's a mic, and it's probably just the way the fabric is. Yeah, it's something about his disheveledness. Yeah, yeah. 
It was. Does suspicious. he wear this? Does he wear this outfit in another scene? What would be interesting to see, and I'm looking at this now, is later on. <clears throat> is it still there? Which right, it is no. That, yeah, I think that is just part of like yeah, part of the way the hood. Just is a somehow, clothing. Yeah, his clothes are just kind of effed up. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm with you. With you on that. All right, disregard that one. But look at... Here's one for you. Lay it on me. So we see the uh, the dick on the case. There's a lot lot to go through here. The dick on the case. Right, which is, dick on a case, yes. Dick on a case. That's the music that we hear, um, composed mm-hmm. by Carter Burwell. Yes. I was doing some Carter Burwell research. Um, he... So it's funny to think that there is a music composer for this movie. Like, there's not much of a score. Most of the stuff is just, you know, songs, like popular songs. Mm-hmm. There's a soundtrack, but a score? Not really, but here we are. He there's made this music. Pieces. There's a couple little gems, and this is one of them. And he talked about... He even mentioned the fact that, you know, most of the music is diegetic in this movie. This piece starts out non-diegetic. It's just playing as the dude finally is, like, unraveling the case and he's becoming, for the first time, like, an actual private dick. And now it's like, he imagined, like, this is the music the dude is hearing in his head. As he's walking out there, like, yeah, I'm getting shit done. I'm cracking the case. And then, you know, because it's from his perspective. Right. Well, we've talked about this before because how the sound is all diegetic. And there was the scene earlier when the dude is looking at the ransom note and you hear him reading it in his own head. Mm hmm. We talked about that. So I really like what you just said here, this idea, because I was kind of like, this guy is weird. I mean, again, I like it that it, again, we we all know about consistency, right? So fine. Here's some actual <laughs> movie score. It's non-diegetic. But then to think of it like, no, this is actually from the dude's point of view. This is the music that's like in his head as he's walking. Right. It's the music that is accompanying him in the movie of his own life. Yes. Which we all live in, you know. We're all the star of our own little movie. Right. And and your movie has a score, I bet, right? Oh. Mine does. Oh, sure it does. Yep. Of course it does. I wake up every morning, Brad, with a song. It's like not... Something I've listened to or that I necessarily enjoy, but every fucking morning, and this has only been going on for like the last six or eight months, there's a different fucking song that I can't stop humming. I know that's not like a revelation or anything, but it's every morning there's a different fucking song. That didn't used to happen to me. I don't know why it started now. And it could be anything. It could be, you know, 70s shit could be a current pop song, but there's no rhyme or reason yeah. to it. I think it's interesting how, and maybe this is an example of that, just the, you know, the way pop culture, and specifically I want to say film in this regard, really shapes our mind. Yes. 
because yes, there's a we have we now have our own score in our head. Mm-hmm. There's songs. You're waking up with with music. I'm walking through the parking garage on my way to work, you know, and it's like I'm hearing that song now, and then it makes me walk a little differently. <laughs> you know, that's mm-hmm. fucked up, man. You're imagining yourself from like a third person perspective and you're doing the different cuts in your right. head. Am I going to, maybe I'll just, maybe it'll be all Scorsese Tarantino style. Just be one long tracking shot. How am I going to cover this? Is this important? Or maybe I just close the car door and then I'm in the office. Maybe I just cut all this out, but then that gets a little depressing because it's like, well, I should just cut all of this out. Right. None of this is particularly interesting. My whole life is just a, 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 a on the cutting five room minute, floor. A, a five minute long short film right. about how quickly life goes by. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's a Vine video. Sometimes I think my life is a Vine video. It's just like the same six seconds on a loop. As long as it loops seamlessly, it could be pretty cool. Yeah. I love those. I don't know. There's just some great Viners out there. Well, really elevated to life. Avery Monson. Is that his name? Yes. How fucking great is that guy? No. Yeah. He does some pretty. Yeah. People really took to that platform and did some amazing. They did. Conceptual work there with with loops that match up. And man, things that play with your expectations, like all kinds of stuff and all the music out there. Mm hmm. I know Where it. there's like, uh, yeah, people like will like just record a guitar riff and then someone else will take it and add their own beat and their own music and you can, yeah. That wasn't even my point with this Carter Burwell score thing, though, because it does actually transition then into diegetic music. How does it do that? Well, as we approach the car... The sound quality changes, it becomes tinnier, and you realize that the brother Seamus is listening to it in his VW bug. Really? Yep. I hate to burst your bubble. But that it doesn't destroy the whole thing because it still starts out as non-diegetic. So maybe that actually makes it cooler. Because it does transition then into diegetic. What? Yeah, you're right. When he slams the door, it even gets quieter. Which, there's no point that there, that shouldn't happen. His window's open, so... Well, maybe the speaker is on the uh, door. You're always trying to be the good Except guy. Except it's not on this old model uh, VW, I'd Always trying not. to be the good guy, aren't you? I wasn't even going to talk about the audio at all. I was going to get to that later. I wanted to start there because there's a mistimed lighting cue here. Okay. So, the dude goes up, he's like, get the fuck out of that car, right? He's fed up Mm -hmm. now. He goes over, he's like, trying to yank the door open. He's there trying to, DeFino's trying to hold it closed, right? But the dude manages to open it quickly, and you can see the light, the interior light go on, which obviously the um, one and a half watt car light, interior right. light, is not going to do anything. You wouldn't notice it's it. It's not going to register on film, yeah. At all. So they had to like rig the inside of the car with 
a light of some sort. So the dude kind of opens it. Dafino slams it back closed, but the light remains on. Then it's off again. And when he finally gets out of the car and he's doing his weird, like, hands in the air, no physical harm intended, and he closes the door behind him, you can see the the light when they, they got somebody there, like, ready to turn it off when the door shuts. Mm-hmm. And it's mistimed, and it flickers first and then goes off. It's like, it's on, yeah. and it's like, off, on, off. Like, real quick, just like, da-da. It's like, right. kind of fuck that up a little bit. Which is weird, like, just turn it off. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they had to unplug it or something, and it was kind of, like, s- sticky. The connection was sticky mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, so it wasn't clean. it has some weird rigged-up switch or something that, yeah, you don't know. It's weird, huh? It is like, weird. you would think, like, those lights have switches. Like, what did they... Maybe it was just custom? Like, fully custom? It was yeah, a custom just, switch. Yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't that good? Weird. One of those weird little things. But you can see the door is closed and the light is still on. It's like it went backwards. There's some guy there whose job it is is to like, okay, watch when the door closes. Off, on, off, on. That's a lot to do. You couldn't just rig the switch into the actual door. I mean, I guess not when you got like a 300 watt lamp. I don't know. So, speaking of, did I talk about the ISL-1? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. No, you didn't. What's the ISO-1? At least so, I don't remember if you did. So, you know ISO, right? Like ISO-100, ISO-400, Right, that's why I laughed, because you said ISO-1. One. Yeah, it was actually less than one. <laughs> Point nine eight. Because there's this video out there that went kind of viral. Man, I feel like I might have talked about this a couple episodes. And, and it's but pointed said, straight at the sun. <laughs> well, no, what they, well, what they did was it was, and you know, I've seen this happen now for a couple of years. It's just like the thing to do, right? Um, but, you know, this year at Sundance, there was some photographer doing portraits and they were doing tin types of all the celebrities. So it's like, oh, here's Brad Pitt, Lena Dunham, Sean Penn. As tintypes. And they are cool portraits, I gotta admit. I like them. But um, there was this kind of behind-the-scenes video that went minorly viral, or just like viral in the photography circles or whatever, of the photographer talking about her prop, her her process, and, you know, there's behind-the-scenes shoes of these celebrities coming in and sitting for her, and then she, like, takes their picture. And I... And... You know, every time she takes it, they're like the the celebrity is kind of aghast at what had just happened to them because like this flash, I guess, is really insane. Okay. And then later in the video, she explains that this <laughs> film she's using for like say quote unquote film, it's like a tin that has like you wash chemicals on it. Like you take this tin and you put these chemicals on it, and then you have like seven minutes to take a photo with it. Before it dries out and it's no good anymore. Jesus. So like, um, you know, this is like an 1860s style of photography, 1860s technology. It here. probably looks pretty badass, though. Yeah, it actually does look really badass. But 
to in the 1860s when they were doing this, you would have to stand outside on a bright sunny day for 25 minutes. Right, which is uh, I've seen some articles about this, and that's why everybody looks so solemn in all those pictures because they had right. to stay rock solid still. Right. It was yeah. It was like a twenty five minute exposure, and you can't smile and keep the <laughs> right. same face. I mean, unless you're driving home on Route nineteen in Florida and you're trying to freak out your fellow drivers, you don't keep you this don't crazy smile on your right. face for that right. long. Exactly. So. But but again, she was in essence taking these snapshots, like snap. So she had some type of crazy lighting rig hmm. that apparently, I would say, it seems like it concentrated twenty five minutes of bright sunlight into a Jesus into a you know, fraction of a second. Yeah, Christ. I mean, because every celebrity that, like, again, the people there, they like she'd take the picture and they'd be like, "Holy Christ." What, like, you know, like, whatever this thing is, you know, like, it obviously can't even translate on, like, the video or whatever they took of this. I can't imagine the intensity there, but. that seem dangerous? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's like, yes, we use a small nuclear fission reaction to actually generate this. I don't know. When you're on a film set, you have to call out when you're going to turn on those lights. Depending on which coast you live on, you either say firing or striking, so nobody's looking at it, mm-hmm. because it can da- damage your fucking retinas. Right. Like some of the big ones, those Ari suns that we talked about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> but they are looking at it because they have to be basically. Well, it's probably maybe not directly into it. Into but, it. It's you know. like you know, it's shining onto their faces or whatever. Yeah. It's like up and to the left. Yeah, striking, firing, everybody looks away. Bam, you turn it on. So I can't even fucking imagine. Yeah. But I just, I never really contemplated the fact that, like, yeah, it's like ISO. It's, 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 it's ISO less than one. Can you explain to me the difference between ISO and ASA? Um, they. No, I mean, they're just two different numbers to measure the same thing. Or it's even the exact same number. No, I guess it's not the same number. It's slightly different. It's like the difference between F-stops and T-stops. Help me. Oh, well, F-stops and T-stops. Well, they're not T-stops. There's a T-number and an F-stop. Sorry, sorry. But, uh, so, so, well, ASA is the American Standard Association, and ISO is International Standards Association. So, okay, so at it's some just point, metric these, and whatever. Yeah, just, they just said both of these standards bodies decided we're going to create a, a measurement to say how sensitive something is to a photographic material is to light. And ASA used one set of numbers, and ISO used the others. And gotcha. Just like just like metric and yeah, ISO one out and now it's just all ISO. Um, a T number. So you can have so so f stop is the size of an aperture, right? right. It's the size of the opening, right? A T number is a transmission number. So technically, other things can Jesus affect how much light is going into your camera. So for example, if you put on like a filter onto your lens. Neutral You're still at F1.8. F, yeah, put on neutral density or put on a colored filter or whatever. That's going to limit the amount of light, 
right? One lens might have five elements. Another lens might only have three elements. Another lens might have seven elements. Even though they all have the same aperture, they might let a different amount of light in. And the T, so... So T number is... T number is a very rarely used thing, and it's... But, yeah, in essence, it's saying how much light is coming through. But right. really, you don't need to worry about it because it's... Eh, I shouldn't say you don't need to worry about it. I'm not yeah. worried about it. I was just curious. Yeah, that's that's the difference. So you could be like, oh, F1.8 lens. This is going to be a really fast lens. But technically... So the T, know, the T number is more specific. Like, you can trust that because that is how much light is getting through. Yes. Now, granted, the size of the aperture has other photographic qualities as, as well. Of but course. Yeah. Depth yeah. of field, whatnot. Right. All those things. So, yeah. So you could be like, oh, this is a, you know, these lenses. I have this lens and lens A and lens B. And there's this lens is one stop fast faster. Like it's one f stop faster, but then really it might only be half, like you know, half a stop more sensitive to light because it's, you know, for whatever you know how the lens is constructed, the type of glass, the coating, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the other lens might be letting. Yeah, it's just not. It's not a perfect ratio f stop gotcha. to how much light would go would go right, in right from lens to lens. It's just one piece of information but the t stop or the t number takes all of it into account yes Hmm. thank you you're very welcome it's like you know it's you can read about it but having somebody explain it makes a big difference in you know in terms i can understand right well yeah you know once you explain it you just yeah you you then you, you got to do that it too. Like, what is the, there's one, isn't there one lens company in particular that is all about the, the T number? Is it a, is it Zeiss that uses the T number? I don't know. I don't know of any, or, I no, rarely encounter uh, T numbers in my, in my, in my. Too close or some shit. Yeah. I mean, it could be, I don't know. I don't know. It always seemed a lot fancier. I'm going to get a lens that has T numbers. Yeah, I don't know if any lens has T numbers. I mean, you could probably look up any lens and, like, and find, translate oh, here it. is the T number right. for this lens. This has a T number, you know. This mm-hmm. lens at F2.8, the T number is whatever. Right, right, right. You know, right. so you can compare apples to apples. Like, this lens at 2.8 is really just like this lens at 2.7. John Polito was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How about that? His partner is Daryl Ambrewster from 2000 to present. Hmm. And he went to Villanova University. How about that? And he has a brother, Jack. Hi, Jack. Jack. Jack Polito. Jack Polito. I've got another note here. Let me get to it before we... It's John Polito. Right. His his sibling is Jack Polito. Jack Polito. Right, right, right. Although Johns can sometimes be Jacks. Yeah. It's which I never understood that. JFK? Jack Kennedy? Didn't they... Wasn't his nickname Jack? Didn't they call him Jack sometimes? Just happens, I guess. 
You're right about that, Jack Kennedy. My uh, grandfather, Jack Kennedy, wasn't there? Wasn't that his dad or his brother? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. My grandfather was Jack. Was a Jack, but except his actual name was Leo. So they just called him. Hey, what's up, Jack? Yeah, he was just Jack. Like everyone, as far as I know, he was just Jack. Well, I should take that back. That's not necessarily true. I actually have that reversed. I always thought he was Jack, and everyone would call him Jack. My grandmother, his wife, called him Jack. But I only found out much later, and after he passed, that no one called him Jack, except for my grandmother and their like close group of friends. It's a special he was known term. as Jack. To them, like that was his nickname. He was Jack. She was introduced to him as Jack, like through those friends. So she always called him Jack. But his family and everyone else called him Leo. Weird. But but in my context, I only ever heard really, you know, my grandma calling him Jack. So I just thought it was Jack. But really, he was not. Other people did not call him Jack. So I don't know. Just a little anecdote. My grandfather's name was Tex. Oh, that's a name. That's a fucking name. But that wasn't his actual name. And I didn't learn his actual name until, like, almost when we started this podcast. Or maybe after. So that was a while ago, but I was pretty old by the time I learned that he had a, like, a real Christian name. Not just Tex. Not just Tex. Jack Kennedy, disambiguation. Jack Kennedy is a common popular reference to John F. Kennedy, 35th president of the United States. So what was Texas Christian name? I forgot. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> eh, fuck it. Never met Tex, him anyway. Texas is so much better. Texas is way better. Why would you need a different name than that? Never met him. So I think I could use a new name. Well, we should have a contest. Nicknames for Brad, we'll call give it. Me, give me a new name. Somebody please give Brad a new... I've got two Hieronymus. so far. What is it? Geronimus? Hieronymus. Oh. Like Hieronymus Bosch? Of or relating to a hero? Is there a hero element I'm not sure what that is exactly. Or but he it... painted those really freaky paintings of like people being tortured in hell. Oh. I don't know. It just popped into my head. Because Did, there's an Amazon original series called Bosch. Wait. And there's a giant ad for it on my screen. What, what does Bosch have to do with Hieronymus? Wasn't that, wasn't that the name of that artist? Hieronymus Bosch. Oh, he had a first and last name, perhaps. Right. No, I don't know. Yeah, don't Hieronymus know Bosch, except it was... It is with That's eye. how you spelled it. He was an early Netherlandish painter. That's what the... Isn't it just... Dutch? Netherlandish? <laughs> why is well, this, it Dutch? You know? Why isn't it Netherlandish? Well, I think before it settled on Dutch, there was the early Netherlandish. But then, and then Germany is Deutschland, which is, sounds like Dutch, but they're different it's, places. It's Europe. I, I can't. Fucking Europe. Hey, what about this? So I, I was having an argument with my mom. We, we 
like glazed over this last time. I had to look into it a little bit, but the dude and Walter and Donnie go to the dance quintet on Tuesday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Marty yeah. says it's on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. So there we go. Bam. They go immediately after the dance to brace um, Larry Sellers, get yes. their in and out burger. Then the dude's there pounding nails in. So there was a cut between eating the in and out burger in the car with Oye Komobach going on mm-hmm. and the dude pounding the nails. And we, you know, we weren't sure if maybe there was some passage of time there. Mm-hmm. But the dude is on the phone with Walter and he says, yes. The car made it home. You're calling me at home. So wouldn't that seem to indicate that is the same evening? I mean, unless it is confusing. I mean, you could make the case that Walter did not call him for several days, gave him time to cool down, or maybe Walter just doesn't really care. He's that much of a prick or whatever, or that much of a out of touch with reality. Yeah, he's not a prick. He so cares. it's a couple. Yeah, it's a couple days later, and he's calling him. <sighs> Hasn't talked to him since. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could make you could make that case. You're making that case, but it seems like the dude's still kind of po'd, and I don't know. It seems like the same evening to me. But I could see the. I mean, I the think case it seems. I think it seems like the same evening as well. But sometimes what it seems like and what it is aren't necessarily the same thing. So let me just go through the rest of it then. So you could still make a case there's some passage of time there. He, The treehorn thugs come, grab the dude. Obviously, this is continuous now when he shows up at Treehorn's house. They get in, take him to Treehorn's house. He gets drugged. He's running down the road. Same evening, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Goes to the chief of police of Malibu's office. We're not sure about that then, right? Maybe he was... He he still seems like he's sort of drugged or coming down off it. He's still a little out of sorts, like he's coming down maybe. He's on the, the yeah. back nine. He hasn't spent... You know, he hasn't slept it off in a jail cell. Has he? No, definitely not. All same right. same day, same day. Yeah. Same, you know, middle of the night, and for some reason there's a busy office environment, but whatever. Gets in the cab, same night, right? Mm-hmm. Gets kicked out of the cab, presumably walks the rest of the way home. Still nighttime, same night, right? He's going home. Has All the true. intercourse, same night, still night. Calls Walter, same night, right? Right. Here we are now. But it's Erev Shabbos. It's Friday. So the only opportunity for it to go from Tuesday to Friday is the cut from Oye Komova in and out burger in the car to pounding the nails. But when he said, yes, the car made it home, you're calling me at home. I thought that was kind of a giveaway. Like, this is continuous. Maybe yeah. Well, not. it could just be that the continuity is a little effed, you know? Um, you're right, the fact that it says, of course, the car made it home, you're calling me. Because if it is three days later, 
the car very well could not have made it home and he could have walked the last three days. Or the dude is just, you know, snippy and whatever. Like, what a stupid question. I hate you. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm off the team. And also the dude is wearing the same exact outfit when he's pounding those nails. Same purple shirt. Then he was in the In-N-Out Burger eating scene? Correct. Yeah, I say there's just a disconnect. They just didn't put it together. Or his dance cycle, even though he said it's on Tuesday, it runs the week and they went to see the Friday show. Well, it'll be the third. Well, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's I mean, as long as we're trying to figure out how can we shoehorn this in. <laughs> right. Right. That's another way to do it. Not. That yeah. I'm I mean, if you're going to go down that path, like you could do any number of a million things then. Right. I'm trying to use the evidence that we have, you know, and not create my own fanfic behind the scenes to help my case here. I'm just all we have are the visuals and the sounds of the movie. I don't want to make too many presumptions here. <laughs> we wouldn't want to do that. No, no. I don't know. Okay, so Jerry's still out on that, but... I think it's just uh, another... It doesn't matter. It's just it doesn't thing. matter, but it's just... Yeah, it doesn't all add up. You know, this was something I remember seeing all the time on uh, Twin Peaks. Like chronological inconsistencies because twin peaks had this habit and i guess there's other shows that do this also i think twin peaks might be kind of the first that really did this like even though it's like it was an ongoing story and just like we just did with the dude and the last like 30 minutes of this movie it's the same thing you can just track it from like scene to scene right day to day like what's happening like, okay, this scene starts in the morning. Cooper is waking up. He goes here. But, oh, that night he goes to One-Eyed Jacks. End of episode. Next episode, he's still at One-Eyed Jacks. They're doing all this stuff. Blah, 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 blah. The whole episode takes place. Finally, at the end, he leaves One-Eyed Jacks. Okay, it's still the same night. It's the same day as, like, the previous episode. Okay, you know, you can follow it through all 30-some episodes. This maniac never sleeps. And, and when he can... does, he hallucinates like terrible. <laughs> no right. wonder no sleep wonder. deprivation is a one-way ticket to temporary psychosis. Yeah. But again, it has the same problem where days don't add up. Because this day, they're like, oh, let's, like, you know, Donna goes to church and sees Audrey there. And then, you know... If you follow it all, it should just be two days later. But then they're like saying, oh, it's Friday. Like we're getting out of school. Like, and it just doesn't match up. And maybe doesn't matter, I guess. And I guess it doesn't matter because it's still an awesome show. And you don't really notice unless you try to really like deconstruct it minute by minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I do. But it's just... I think it's important to analyze it because unlocking the mysteries of how and why and when they choose to do or not do these things, I think is a way to become a better storyteller somehow. That's something that's yes. important to me. Well, I think it's important to realize that these are kick-ass storytellers and worrying about that kind of detail is not important. It does not help you tell a better story. Fuck that shit, man. Life goes on. Yeah. Hmm. The other Carter Burwell composition. Yes, I, mean, I'm I noticed ahead. this. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it's but the... But let's uh, talk about it. 
It's the Nihilists' music. It's is it the Nihilists' music? That Autobahn. They play? When they burn his car, finally. When they burn his car. That's what I was assuming <laughs> when I called. saw that. So if you go to Carter Burwell's site, I'll put a link here to it. If you go to Carter Burwell's website, you can listen to the two tracks. He said, here are some examples of the music. So he talked about how most of the music was just pop songs or rock songs or whatever, classic rock. And uh, T-Bone, our old buddy T-Bone, assembled those. But he did make some original compositions. He said, here are two examples. I, don't, I haven't found any other ones. I think it's only these two. But you can listen to them on his site. And the Autobahn song is called, <laughs> is called We Believe. It's, a ger- it's whatever German We Believe is in German. Okay, that's why I saw that. Yeah, Why Globen. Why you know, But it starts yeah. out and there's this like highly like roboticized vocalization of nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and the song is We Believe. We Believe Nothing. I mean, it's pretty nice. great. That is great. That is, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> now, I would love to cross reference that. I guess I can. I'm right here and see if one of the tracks, because remember, we saw the whole track listing of this or at least one of their albums yeah no we do we did and is we believe one of those songs on that album i don't think so Hmm. i'd have to go dig that up again fascinating i wasn't prepared no yeah but if you are listening to this and would like to hear these you can go to gutterballs.tv slash zero nine three i mean i am listening to this episode 93 i'm right here man Good. Go do that, and you will <laughs> you'll find the link to uh, this Carter Burwell page that does include the audio samples. Dick on a case, and we believe. I I think it was after we stopped last week, but I did say um, I had a story. Oh yeah, you had a story about. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I should tell this story. <laughs> well, I don't know. This has to do with background, backyard grilling and Pooping. Uh, feces. Yeah. I yeah. started, yeah, because I set up a nice little closing thing there, but you right. were ready to jump in with a story. So I almost said the word. I avoided it just now. But uh, <laughs> I know it's tempting. It's 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 flirting around the and edges. Then you're right going to have to like hold this story off for yet another week. <sighs> It could just be the new running gag. I'm not going to tell it. I'm not. You gonna say tell you want to tell this story, and then one of us hamfistedly says the word, which ends <laughs> the podcast, and it's just the story never gets told throughout the next, you know. I like when 30 you say episodes hamfisted, hamfisted, man. <laughs> you know, it really yeah. conjures up a nice image. Hamfisted, <laughs> you know. There's no grace to it. So ham-fisted. Sorry, I'm just stalling while I look for these track titles. The, um... Yeah, I had a, uh... I probably have a poop story, too, but I I don't think I should tell it. Why? (laughs) It does involve poop and (laughs) a backyard scenario as well. It it just happened this last weekend, yeah. Again? Yeah. Oh, 
I don't know if you. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Dick. <laughs> Dick on a case. Dick on a case. Hey, uh, leave us a rating on iTunes, please. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah, we, let's bury this over an hour into the podcast. But yeah, check out gutterballs.tv so you can find the link to this uh, We Believe as well as uh, the diagram to the dude's apartment that we made last week and all sorts of other extra stuff. Yeah, I got some. You can look at some of this lighting stuff that we were talking about with right. the uh, car door and the interior car light. Yeah, the stuff that we uh, talk about, we put it there. So check it out at gutterballs.tv. You can find a link there to us on iTunes or leave us a review. That would be awesome. You can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, Facebook. Keep in touch. Keep keep track of what's going on here. <laughs> that was a hard sell, man. That was good. a hard sell. Be like our uh, buddy Trash Boat. Thank you. Who got right? in contact with us after a while, after a bit of a hiatus. We got in contact with us this week, which was awesome. It was awesome to hear from uh, from our pal Trash Boat. Do, do we talk about Europe. Trash Boat? I'm just going to assume we did. Yeah. Because we've pretty much talked about everything. Yeah. I well, mean, we're something like... I don't even know what, like 200 hours in. Oh, geez. So don't say it like that. We've gotten just about everything. When you say it like that, it sounds pretty bad. But anyway, the their album, Godbite, the Godbite album is going to be released this year, finally. Awesome. We've been waiting. Autumn of 2015. We've been patiently waiting. It's going to include, theoretically, an excerpt from this podcast so we are waiting with bated breath somebody's gonna do it brad it's gonna happen soon yep <laughs> so did you find this uh, track listing yet so close ah uh, he's holding it need... he's holding it Oh, you're looking through the actual uh, movie. Yeah. You're scrubbing through. Because I don't remember. You're not just like searching our Tumblr or something. No, no. That would be a better idea. Probably not, because I feel like I didn't actually post it there. Damn it. Seems like it would have been in the description, maybe. Well, I know one place it's not. <laughs> Do you mean the poop deck? Next time on Gutterballs. Like an Irish monk? What the fuck are you talking about? 